0: Welcome. Thanks for downloading Thrive with Nancy, a podcast created to encourage executive women to overcome any broken rungs on the ladder as you march up the corporate hierarchy to realize your career. Our topic is wisdom from one leader to another. One of my purposes is to make the pathway easier for those following. And oh boy, is it needed. The longer I'm in this business of leadership development, I've come to realize the more things change for women in business, the less they do. I remember years ago when I was eating lunch and reading at the counter of the downtown Los Angeles hamburger hamlet with a lump in my throat and a tear in my eye. As a first-level manager, I had just discovered research telling me women leaders emerge from a healthy parent relationship with each other and their daughter. The study described a marriage with a strong mother who embraces her abilities and a father who supports both his wife and daughter's desired pathway, no matter how steep or how improbable it is. Do I need to tell you this didn't exactly describe my parents? I was blessed to have them. They just weren't into preparing me for leadership, nor, frankly, did they see signs of it in me either. Well, I hate to confess, I was thrown for a loop of defeat and discouragement. All around me, the messages I was receiving told me women, particularly me, couldn't rise to lofty positions in their organization. We didn't have what it took. It stunted my growth for a while, but eventually the fire in my belly compelled me to break through this seemingly impossible barrier and everything and anyone getting in the way of my destiny. I vividly recall this memory as I was reading a KPMG women's leadership study 40 plus years later. Their research reveals much of what I learned all those years ago. What it said was women who were encouraged to be leaders growing up are more likely to aspire to be a senior leader of a company or organization by 74% versus 48% and to aspire to be on a board of a company in the future 66% versus 39% than those who did not receive that encouragement growing up wow What's a woman to do if she didn't have a family creating the foundation to leap into a bright, bold future? And yet, as was true for me, along the way, uncover she longs for it to happen. Know that nothing is written in stone unless you allow it to be. Your job is to find a way around or through whatever stands in your way. What actions did I take once I got back on my feet? I may not have had supportive parents encourage me to realize my big dreams, but that didn't stop my progress. So I set out to find mentors and sponsors inside and outside the organization. You know, they're kind of like business parents for grown-ups. You need to create a cadre of people who believe in you and will speak the truth to you, even if it may sting momentarily. And when you're strategizing to proactively determine who they should be, make sure men are on your list. After all, they still hold the decision reins in most organizations and that you connect with executives high up in the organization, despite your woman's propensity to bond with people at your level. You need to be known by the most senior leaders in your company to be treated as a high potential executive. And most research demonstrates that women are more likely to look for women mentors. Nothing wrong with that, but the men have to be on your list too. And most reports show that women are looking for peers at their own level. No, look way up to make a difference in your career. And please, please remember, generating high-level relationships should never be a one-way street leading to your benefit alone. Everyone, even leaders, can be supported in some way. And just like us, they need to be seen and known. Once I established a strong relational foundation to support a thriving career, I went in pursuit of my passions and strengths with my eyes wide open. The combination of passion and strengths are the ingredients to a fulfilling future. Yes, I know easier said than identified. Many clients are disappointed in their careers and long to uncover their purpose, but are mystified about doing so. Often the golden key to your professional passion and strength is found in your childhood. Yes, your childhood. I share in my leadership class as a childhood story regarding passion. There is no denying I'm one of the blessed ones. Still, I bet if you travel your childhood memory lanes, you'll discover golden nuggets about your purpose as well that you can translate into your professional development right now where you are. As a third grader, I diligently wove potholders on my little loom every night, gifting one or more friends and family. Soon, I had more hot pads than family, so I spread my reach further afield and began selling to neighbors. Then, with more orders in hand than I could possibly handle, the first mass-production potholder line in the area was kicked off. I persuaded, trained, and mentored three friends, they received a salary, I retained the bulk of the profits for starting the business, as well as being the sales force. After all, the income side of the business garners more prestige and earnings than does the expense side. This early sense regarding the power of being on the income side of the business has served me well through the years. A McKinsey and Lean-In report reveals more women in staff positions while more men hold line roles. And guess which side of the business equation leads to C-suite roles? (laughs) You guessed it, the line or income executives. Let's get back to the story. After hearing my childhood tale, is it any wonder that as an adult, I'm happiest as an entrepreneur and love building others to generate rewarding results for them? Why wouldn't you put a high priority on pursuing your passions and purpose, especially when over your lifetime you will spend 90,000 hours at work? And according to Harvard Business Research, employees are willing to take a pay cut for work that satisfies their desire for purpose. Huh, can you relate? Once I began my career, I always chose to lean into my passion. I did this way before it was encouraged or research told anyone this was a good thing for careers. It turns out that when you're working in your areas of strength and passion, you're more productive, more fulfilled, more satisfied, and a whole bunch of other good things. The research of my day didn't tell me this. My intuition did, and am I glad I listened. Wisdom tells you never permit research or what others are saying about you to deflate your drive. At a deep level of self, you know what's true and what isn't. You devalue yourself when you become a look-alike clone of every other executive around you. If your work is simply checking off items on your to-do list and not one of them touches your passion, you'll be discontent and miserable every day. I became skilled at spotting my passion by identifying when I was working on something that felt as though three minutes had passed when in fact it was three hours. How did I shift my job into more of my passions and strengths? Well, that's a long story, but the short story is, whenever possible, I requested interesting projects or added them bit by bit as my assignment. Yes, job descriptions are fluid. Use this fact to bring in projects of interest to you. And of course, I communicated what I intended to pursue for my career with my mentors or sponsors. After all, this is one reason I sought and you should seek to generate your band of business mentors and sponsors. I also kept my eyes open for skills that didn't light me up, may even be my weakness, but built up essential knowledge to my career future along the way it looks as though during my formative and early career years i was on to something stanford university research found if you are overly narrow and committed to one area your passion that could prevent you from developing interests and expertise that you need to do instead of thinking of your career as an opportunity to follow your passion the researchers suggest Thinking of life as a series of opportunities to develop several passions is the way to go. Let me share one surprising example. Shh, don't tell anyone. I never was keen on writing. Actually, I downright dreaded it. When called upon to compose a document for others to read, I cringed, being much more verbal by nature. I took on my Achilles heel because it was necessary for me to be successful in business and into the next level. Frustrating practice and unsatisfying results, along with more practice and practice, led to something I quite enjoy doing now. Career progress is often not a straight road, yet well worth taking the detours to gain insight and abilities for your future. And those of you who know that I'm a blog writer of the first ilk may be surprised by this example because I flat out love writing now. What skill do you need to acquire that is in your area of passion and what do you need to take on that doesn't get your juices flowing? This list is your development inventory that will have you achieving your success even if statistics and research And culture indicates it's stacked against you. I actively pursued creating my own family of supporters, following passion pathways in my career. And I actively pursued creating my own family of supporters, following passion pathways in my career, and took on my failings wherever and whenever they became apparent, especially when they were barriers to or competencies to be added to my career arsenal. How? Through reading books on the topic, taking relevant classes, hiring coaches. Yes, your ROI on hiring a coach is six times the amount you spend. Seeking out mentors or volunteering for projects in disciplines of interest or that are my weak areas. I pursued. Let me wrap up with a moment to mourn all the could-have-beens in a woman executive's career. I created and facilitated a Leadership for Women Only program inside organizations around the country. In the pre program questionnaire, I asked, what did you want to be that you chose not to go after? And then the zinger, what stopped you? Many of their answers just simply broke my heart. They were parents or career counselors or friends or bosses who didn't believe in me or wanted me to have a safe career. Safe? What's safe about being miserable? What's safe about giving up belief in yourself? What's safe about being less than you were created to be, especially when inside a small voice thinks there is more in you? This external advice was intended for your greater good. What they don't understand you are much more than they perceive. But just because they can't see your greatness doesn't mean it isn't in you. Did you receive an aha moment as you listened to the Thrive with Nancy podcast? Take immediate action, please. I can't tell you all the ahas I've experienced in my career then got too busy to execute. It's an embarrassing number only to run amok months or years later because I hadn't followed up with my action behind that aha. I unknowingly, completely disregarded my intuitive voice telling me this may soon become critical to your advancement. Don't let that be you. What shared knowledge for, if not to shorten the learning curve for others? And that means you. Achieving a fulfilling, glorious career requires stepping up and out of your comfort zone. It's trusting who you are and that you're created for a specific purpose that only you can fulfill. It's not playing it safe as you discover yourself and your career destination. And honestly, yes, it takes hard work, but aren't you doing that already with less joy and satisfaction? The hard work I'm calling for are activities you choose to take on that will make the difference in your career and your life. Are you set? Perhaps this sounds too challenging, but as you accept the wisdom of this leader and incorporate the ideas into your leadership journey, you'll be glad you did. I'd love to hear from you. Take a minute to share the actions you've taken and results you've achieved and the people who are now supporting your endeavors. Much success, always. I'm thrilled you've listened to the Thrive with Nancy podcast